we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Episode three of Virtual Eleven. Right. Which we're getting a lot of hot hot takes. We are. We're getting feedback. a ton of feedback. Yeah. People are excited. Yeah. It's people funny. are writing in. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because if you look at like our downloads, downloads for these episodes are a little low, yeah. but the feedback is like off the charts. Yeah. We must have gotten like 40 or 50 people write us. Yeah. Over the last two episodes. There's controversy. <laughs> yeah. I've never, yeah, we've got tons of feedback. So the feedback's yeah. off the charts. I know. And I've cherry picked a bit, but they mostly agree with me. <laughs> no good amount do. You know what? This might be, I think, my favorite beer yet that okay. we've got coming Let's up. And I'll tell, tell, tell you why. So this is a fitting one. Yeah. We were sitting here and we were, we had a nice beer selected to do. And then you said, oh, we're doing Klansman today. Why it wouldn't it be great if we had a Scottish beer? And I said, "What about Innocent Gun? Don't you have one?" And you said, "Oh, I don't know." And then you checked and you pulled out this Innocent Gun Kindred Spirits. Um, it's uh, aged in an Irish whiskey, Tullamore whiskey, which is great because I'm an Irish Newfoundlander, and we're going to talk about the Klansman. It's a Scottish beer aged in it, and we're going to touch on those things. Right. We oh, you're last Irish. Night. You have Irish heritage, and I have I, Scottish heritage. You so do. This is the so perfect this is beer for the us. Perfect beer. Do not spend your time worrying. Wasted beer. Yes, there we go. We're gonna get banging right into the episode this time because yeah, yeah. Oh man, this looks amazing. Oh, this is a stout. It's a it's a Scottish stout aged in a in an Irish whiskey. Mm. Ah. Oh, that's really good. Oh yeah, the Irish part is the best part of it though. These Innis and Gun beers, they always have these like special editions and stuff out, and yeah. I pick them up every now and then, and they're always. Even if I don't love them, they're always very like interesting. They're, they're different cool. beers. They're like an old school craft. They've been around for a while. They've yeah. been doing it. But if you take one of these beers and you chill it right, and you pour it into a nice glass, they're just so they're so rich. Yeah. I went, I was in Vancouver one time. I know we have no time for tangents, but uh, I they had a uh, Innocent Gun. I think I told this story when we did Innocent Gun. We did one of their beers in the past. But anyway, it was an it was an aged. It was in a cask, but it was like a barrel aged before it had been ca- kegged. You could taste the the whiskey flavor on on yeah. the pint. It was excellent. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So this is yeah Irish whiskey barrel aged stout, Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey, limited edition Innocent Gun. And once you once you've had this, why would you go back to non Irish barrel aged stout <laughs> or unlimited, unlimited editions? Unlimited or yeah, go back to unlimited editions. <laughs> Man, so we got a lot of feedback on Angel and the Gambler. I'm going to go through a bit of this feedback on Angel the Gambler. Mm. Just a bit. Because we'll save it. I don't want to get bogged down in this. I want to get right Mm. into the songs because we tend to get off on our tangents the last couple episodes. Nothing wrong with that. We got an email from Holly. When I first heard the Virtual Eleven album, I was skeptical, and I think the Angel and the Gambler was what turned me off. The Casio keyboard sounded so strange to me that I think I just couldn't get past the strange sound. Overall, I agree with Nesbitt that the keyboards and lengths of this track are the biggest weaknesses. I also agree with Josh, however, that is just not a strong song despite these critical flaws. Mm. So she agreed with both of us. Yeah. So that's what we can both agree yeah. on. Was I, was, but was I arguing that the keyboards were greater, the song was too short? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we were, all, we were all in agreement on all of it. Here's an email yeah. from Jeff. Jeff with a G. Yeah. It says, Angel and the Gambler is a misunderstood song. It is Iron Maiden really stretching out and trying something unique. It is a gem in the Maiden discography. Ooh, Jeff uh, with a G. Unpopular opinion. Oh, my God. Um, so do you remember a guy named Julian sent me a document a while back, and he ranked every single Iron Maiden song? And I printed it up, and we talked about it a bit a few yeah. episodes ago. He had this as his absolute last place at number 153. 
he had this as his worst Maiden song. Really? And he wrote, I had heard about the song before I actually heard it, and I went in with a positive outlook. Unfortunately, the won't get fooled again ripoff does nothing for me, as it runs on for too long, is very repetitive, and flat out boring. Ooh. Worst um, song ever. Oscar wrote us and he said, you have to admit that Angel and the Gambler is catchy. Try listening to it a few times in a row and then seeing how it sets itself up as an earworm. We may all criticize it, but subconsciously we all love it. What? I don't know if that's just because something I gets think, stuck in your head. I don't think that means yeah, you actually love it. I think listening to it a lot is is, is what, what made me go slightly insane there last week. <laughs> you know, it, the beauty of it is since we've recorded that, I can start the album at track three now. You know, like <laughs> the last week, I've just been like, skip, skip. Oh, this is great. See, I didn't <laughs> mind it. I, I agree it did kind of grow on me. I, I guess I kind of like it. Mm. I like it a lot more than your average person, I think. David Roberts on Facebook said, yes, damn it. I think you can save my life. Okay, stop asking. <laughs> Lauren said, Angel and the Gambler is my favorite gym song. It really goes great on the treadmill. Wow. So wow, Lauren you know what I can, you know I I'm a treadmill person too. Yeah. I do my 20 minutes, and I always try and tee up my best podcast. So the 20 minutes only feels like 20 minutes because treadmills, you know, if you're looking at it, it's horrible, right? The only way it could actually feel like a, an hour and a half is if you played that song. <laughs> Seriously, Christian Weber on Facebook, he said, I enjoy Virtual Eleven, but I've not listened to The Angel and the Gambler for years because it's a jarring, cheese laden track. Mm. Bill said, I enjoy The Angel and the Gambler. Yes, it's not in my top half of Maiden songs, but it doesn't bother me about the length, and I'm even enjoying the keyboards. And mm. Paul Locao says, uh, I actually don't mind Angel and the Gambler as much anymore, and like you, I probably would take it over half the songs on Fear of the Dark, LOL. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I'm just going to read a few more of these. I've got pages and pages of these. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read a few more. Patrick DeLise on Facebook said, That keyboard sound, though, yikes. It wanted to be a Hammond organ, but wound up sounding like Baby's first Casio. That said, I like the song. <laughs> Good ending. Henry, That's one of those uh, where you wake up, you know, you got blitz, and you got on Facebook, and you're like, oh, my God, I hope I didn't text my ex. And you're like, oh, my God, I wrote down that I like Angel of the Gambler. <laughs> I like Angel of the Gambler. <laughs> you know. Um, Henry says, apart from the repetitive course and how needlessly long it is, I don't really have that much bad to say about it. It's a fun and colorful song. Um, I won't read the rest of this, but no, he goes on. I love that. It's like, apart from the horribleness and, and the fact that most of it sucks, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's like really when it's you're just, first. Well, that's what I said. I said, yeah. it's a, I think it's a good song. Yeah. But it's kind of, the keyboards are off-putting, and then it's just stretched out to three times as long as it should be. Yeah. But it could be a good song, I think. This is an example of where the art is out there. That's what they released. Yeah. We ripped it to shreds and we spent so yeah. much time on it because I didn't rip it's, it to shreds as hard as you did. No, okay. But it's 10, 10 we minutes. We were both very critical of it, though. We were both critical. Yeah. It's 10 minutes. It's also the first single they released. Yeah, that was and, a weird choice. And it's right there in the beginning of the album. So we're not going to do this to every track. Right. However, like, it is a piece of art. It's out there. It's worthy. Like, you can try and change it and shorten it and do this and do that. Yeah. And try it. You're trying to put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> Good luck with it. And you put it on the wrong end of the pig. <laughs> Thor Evanson on Facebook says, 100% their worst song by a country mile. Uh, nice. Thor. Huh? A good name like Thor. <laughs> Perry Hunchak yeah. on Facebook. Martin Burt would have cut the chorus after the first repeat. And that's you something see? we were kind of wondering you about. You see? You see? I should Brian, have a podcast with these guys. <laughs> Brian David O'Donohue, Angel and the Gambler, should have the band arrested. Yeah. And uh, Ben 
says, The Angel and the Gambler would be such an amazing song if it was three minutes shorter. Mm. So uh-huh. we get a lot of uh, a lot of feedback. Um, I have, if you can hear this, I have yeah. pages and pages printed up of, these are all just emails about the Angel and the Gambler that we got. Yeah. Um, and comments on Facebook that I copied. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cut off there. I've got like 20 more here. Anyway, that was a lot of feedback. People feel very strongly. I think what it is is people that dislike it are very vocal because they dislike it so much. And people that kind of like it, they feel like they have to pick up for it. Well, we're defending it a bit. Speak up and defend yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, so we, we tend to do song. that. We tend to yeah. do that, you know. But I'll just go on record and say, I don't mind Angel in The Gambler. Don't you mind don't it mind, at all. You don't mind it? No. Okay. I think it's uh, it's not one of Maine's best songs. It would be in their, It would be down in one of their worst songs. Yeah. It had a lot of potential. The execution was very flawed, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, uh, but I don't mind it. I don't hit skip when it comes on, so that says something. Yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> even getting into it. We covered it. I think it's horrible. There's there's little bright spots in there, but yeah. all together, it's anyway, just I think it's we've just spent, crap. we've talked it's enough too about the angel move and the on. now for like a lifetime. <laughs> Let's move on to another mediocre track. Lightning, Lightning strikes, strikes twice. twice. So Dave Murray, mm. this is track number three. Dave Murray and Steve Harris. Yeah. Four minutes, 49 seconds. Um, Steve Harris, here's a quote. He says, a never say never type song. It's very positive, hopeful song, which you can read in a lot of different ways. And he says, Davey had a slow intro and I wrote the chorus and the words. Davey really liked the title, so we kept it. So Mm. I guess Lightning Strikes Twice was like a uh, working title, but then they kept it when, when it came time to name the song. Yeah, which is kind of an interesting one, right? I always think of Lightning Strikes Twice. It's Blaze's second album. Both of them is like as rare as lightning in a sense, and then it strikes twice, and then it's gone. Yeah, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what I think about it. Another slow guitar intro from Dave Murray. Um, mm-hmm. This is the intro for this song. I'll just play. Uh, I do love it. this intro. Yeah, it's really cool. And Dave mm-hmm. Murray, we love his guitar playing and his little bluesy intros. That's typical Dave Murray. His songs I always have that. Well, they don't always, but yeah. they often have that. Remember I played that medley? Yeah. I'm not going to play it again. That would, I've already played it like three or four times on yeah. the uh, podcast. But that medley of Dave Murray song, written songs and all the intros, Yeah, they all have like, well, all the ones I played, there's a lot of them that have uh, little slow, cool little intros, which I like. Mm, this is a common format on this album. Yeah. And I don't think it sets Blades up well. You don't think? No. I like this intro. Like the, the lighting, unless you go really quick, it's just like you get a good pace. Blaze, I find, gets exposed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, It's I, not leaning into his strengths, but. I don't know. I, I, I don't mind it. And it's very atmospheric sounding. Yeah. And I've read online, a few other people say that. I think that's what put this in my head. But it's almost like this calm before a storm. And then when the kick in comes, it's kind of like, like a storm, like a lightning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lightning storm, uh, thunder and lightning storm. Yeah, I think you're reaching now. I don't know. I think there's a big build, and when it kicks in. Off in the distance, a lightning is flashing again. Till something strong as a power draws near. Is it the roar and the thunder that scares you? 
So I like how it kind mm. of the song starts with this mellow intro mm. and then it kind of builds and builds and then boom, it crashes in. Yeah. And Blaze is, like he has this intense delivery for that part when it kicks in. I like it. I like the way Blaze is singing those parts. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I do like the lead in. Yeah. And, and yeah. well, I'll, I'll give you my take on the track at the okay. end. You, go, you keep breaking it down. Yeah. And yeah. well, something that I yeah. think is a little awkward. Okay. The whole, you know, the strikes twice part. Yes. It's it's a bit of a mouthful and a tongue twister. It doesn't flow off the tongue yes. easily. And it sounds yeah. a little yeah. uh, I don't know what would be the word for that. Like wordy or like I don't know. It, it's too rushed at the end, right? Maybe lightning strikes twice. You know, yeah. it's like almost a, it's like jammed. But Okay, keep going. But yeah, also I find the the chorus incredibly repetitive. Which at this part in the album after Angel and the Gambler, I'm super. It just feels like it's just repeated again. Yeah, it could constantly, I, I constantly, would constantly. Say that you'd be very like hypersensitive to repetition yeah. after. Like I hear this is like Gambler. he's talking about this. Like I read the lyrics a bunch of times. I was like I couldn't really. It was just more or less talking about. I couldn't really get in a, a, a deeper meaning than really talking about you know the the building up and the lightning and the the rarity of things, and then. I yeah. just find that when yeah. he says that, like, the maybe lightning strikes twice. Yeah. The strike, uh, I almost can't strike say it twice. now. Strike maybe twice. lightning It just strike sounds twice. a little yeah. awkward. Up in the distance of lightning is flashing again Though something strong as a power draws near Is it the roar and the thunder that scares you? Is it the crashing of clouds that hold Now the you hit in there like exactly what I don't like. I just feel it's very repetitive. Now the it intro, is kind of repetitive. The intro's good. The lyrics are not great. His singing is is I, I really like his inflections. Then the, the chorus kind of rips me out, and I just but then you just teed it up perfectly. What I love about this song is you know I I did say that Future Real had the best solos on this album. This might have the most interesting solo. Because there are yeah. really great solos on the song. Exactly, yeah. it's a transition. Yeah, I love it. It's a transition, and Yannick, the way he starts his solos, insane. So tee him up. Okay. I love so these. the first half yeah. is Dave Murray. Yeah. Um, I love his guitar tone on the solo. So that's the first half solo. Yeah. Dave Murray's pretty cool. But uh, then when Yannick kicks, kicks yeah, in, Yannick's just this, solo takes it to what the he does, but you, you tee up the clip in just a second. What what does he do at the start here? You got to tell me after. Play the clip. Yeah, Yannick's solo is really cool. Very yeah. similar. That part at the beginning you're talking yeah. about. Where he like ladders it down. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Very similar to his Holy Smoke solo. 
very similar. Yeah, when you hear them back to back, they're very yeah. similar, like structured. Yeah, solos. I gotta say, I, I I love both of those. Yeah, Yannick nails a solo like he really nails it, and that's two examples of him like nailing solo. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's it. You know, the intro is good, and Blaze yeah. like like you know, I was saying that it doesn't set Blaze up for success. I find that you know, at least in this album. I think the future real and and you know Klansman. I like the pace and his vocals going. Yeah. He, he he you know he exposed himself a little bit in the beginning, but it, it does work. But then there's that repetitive, you know, and that the theme that I don't like. But this is just like a jam in the middle of it. Overall, I feel like it's a eh, okay track, but it's also sandwiched between the Angel and the Gambler and Klansman. And for me, I just I find there's a repetitiveness there, and I'm just like I'm, at this point in this album, I'm like I hear the solo, I'm like okay, bring yeah. on Klansman. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe like, I like the song. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, amazing or anything. No. I do enjoy it. And, again, I don't skip it when yeah. it comes on. Um, I think I like the song. I wouldn't say mm. it's, like, a classic or anything. And it wouldn't be... Yeah. It is in my top half of the songs on this album, though. Yeah, the problem the way maybe. that our brains are wired, though, or maybe it's just me, but, you know, we're, we're you know, when you think about it, maybe Lightning Strikes White. Like, why do you, when you think of this track, you hear that repetitive bang, bang, bang chorus part, which is not... Which is probably the worst part of the song. We did that a couple albums ago. We talked about like there was one that everything but the chorus was perfect. Yeah. This one, not everything but the chorus is perfect. But you don't, you don't like you'd never meet anyone on the streets. So maybe Lightning Strikes Twice. And they go amazing Yannick solo. Like you know, because oh, yeah, you, yeah. you're gonna think about the bang, 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 and it's just wedged in there. For me, it's eh, more mediocre on this album. Yeah, I don't see. Not I something I just dislo- dislike. It's but... a strong song, but again, where this album was recorded so fast in the studio. Yeah. This is another one that could have been worked on a bit more. Exactly. And developed a bit more. Yeah. The bones again, are there. I'm wondering if Martin Birch was there to help with mm. the arrangement, if they could have maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing with this album. It's always like. Could've we're been. talking about this is a good song, but it could have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like a little bit of a missed opportunity on some of these songs. Oh, like, this is. The totally ideas bad. are there. Yeah. But I don't know if the execution. Yeah. You're is just auditioning perfect. for producer. <laughs> well, Blaze liked the song enough that he continued to, after he left Maiden. He yeah. continued performing this. He even does an acoustic version of it. Only God knows those sky blows. Maybe lightning strikes twice. 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 Maybe lightning. That's a a different version. I like that acoustic at the end. I like it too, but Mm. it really drives home how I find that like strikes twice. Just those two words put together like that over and over again. Yeah. It's very, uh, like when you try to sing along to it, it's very like, not a tongue twister, but it's just a mouthful. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I like that he enjoys the song, and and I, I like that he's carried it on. But it's not just, you know, we talked about uh, Brave New World coming out of this, and it's not just that that they like compare him in this to Silicon Messiah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not even in the same world. Yeah, you know. Yep, that's true. You, you take a blistering solo like that, you you put that, you know. Bass pedal around it that you got in Silicon Messiah. All of a sudden, you pick up the pace a bit. That Silicon Messiah and Ten Dimension albums yeah. that he went on to after this are so yeah, good, so amazing. It is true. It is true because you keep yeah. saying like, or I keep saying, these songs are like. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on this album. Some yeah. of it's kind of weak, whatever. But then if you listen to what Blaze went on to do after this, and what Maiden also went on to do after this, totally, they both blow this album away. That's right. And 
you know, I'm here now. We should do Silicon Messiah versus Brave New World. Oh, it's no comparison. <laughs> um, no, actually, there is a huge there comparison. There is a huge comparison, yeah. But uh, where I was going with it, I thought you were going with the other Blaze album. But the X Factor versus, um, you know, Virtual Eleven, you know, obviously we, we loved X Factor. Yeah. And then, you know, now we're here really ripping this to, to shreds in a sense. I mean, we're just, yeah. you know, disappointed. But Silicon Messiah for me is better than X Factor almost. Like it's, yeah, it's a very there. different album. It's, it's not better than. Depends on my mood. In Brave New World because it's different. I can't yeah. compare anything to a Maiden album I love because it's just not fair. Yeah. I love Led Zeppelin, but I'm not going to compare it to Maiden. It's just not fair. Yeah. It's hard when you're judging yeah. all these Maiden albums too and like Blaze albums stuff to like mm. take your heart out of it and just try to you objectively because I can't be objective about any of this. <laughs> you can't. You imagine, I mean? imagine if we were on a jury and they were like, did Bruce Dickinson sneak into that room and kill that person? <laughs> sure, his DNA is everywhere. And we'd be like, there's no chance. There's no way, there's no way this happened. There's no way this happened. <laughs> Guaranteed, Kiss planted that in there. <laughs> Yeah. But I always wonder, like, if this was a song, yeah. Lightning Strikes Twice, by some other band that I never heard of and someone played it for me, if I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good, or if I'd just be uh, like, meh. I don't know. It's hard. Like, I But there, there is a double-edged sword there. The other because, thing is, because yeah. this is Maiden, I've you heard hold this song to... yeah. 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 times in my life. Yeah. Where if it wasn't Maiden, I probably would have never given it the chance to grow uh, on me. That's true. But like there's this also... Album, I've listened to this album 100 times, easy. But the other side of it is there's also the standard you hold them to. That's true too. Right? If I if, am if if someone's if, if someone came up to me and was like, Hey, I've been a musician for four years, I'm just about to make it, this is a song, I'd be like, Oh my god, you're doing amazing. That's true too. If this right. wasn't a maiden song, maybe I'd be like, This is awesome. But yeah. because my expectations for a maiden track are so oh. high, maybe that's why I'm so harsh and critical on some of these songs. Who knows? Any feedback on this? We got an email from a listener, Aiden, who says, Hey guys, love the episode so far. I have a hot take about lightning strikes twice. Josh, I know you love hot takes. Here it comes. Blazing hot. It's the best Dave Murray song. I mean that. How good Still Life or Brave New World and Judas Be My Guide may be. Lightning Strikes Twice takes the cake for me at least. It's so catchy. Blaze's vocals blow me away. The guitar solo rips and the guitar leads are awesome. Oh yeah, and Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger is the second worst Maiden song ever. Much love from the Netherlands. Wow. So he loves the song. He thinks it's the best Dave Murray song. Ooh, that's a, that is a, a hot take. That is. Yeah, that's scorching hot. (laughs) Best Dave song? God. Better than uh, The Thin Line Between Love and Hate, which I think is the best Dave. Spoiler alert for when we do Brave New World next. uh, Yeah. That song is one of my all-time favorite main songs now. It's up there. But uh, so it just goes to show like some people. Yeah. Like every Maiden song is probably somebody's favorite Maiden song. Mm -hmm. Maybe. It's it's also funny. I don't take the... uh... You know, like when when we break down a song on here, we go, oh, this is a, uh, you know, a, a standard Harris song or, you know, Bruce brought this one in or this is, has Adrian all over it. And we do break it down. But when I listen to an album, I don't go, oh, the next one, oh, that's an Adrian song. Uh, you know, like I listen to albums fluidly. I mean, even now when I'm in the truck or whatever, I, I even I, I still don't really know tracks completely in, in a lot of albums like I do now because we've broken them down. But yeah. I mean, I didn't use this there and go, oh, can't wait till track seven. I don't think like that. I just play it. And I usually not looking at the music, you know, like now I find if anything, I'm just listening to music and then I go, oh, it's silent. Flip it. You know, okay, vinyl. Yeah, yeah. so I don't go to each song and I just enjoy them or don't and focus in on the ones I love. But, you know, I don't really think of it that way, but it's a good perspective. See, I have playlists mm-hmm. I make of the songs that I don't really yeah. know that or know that well or like that well. Yeah. I listen to those sometimes. So I'm listening to the stuff that like it has all my favorites and all the hits taken out. Yeah, we should have a debate on this sometime because I don't like the idea of like random playlists unless they're like radio hits. Because I think 
context matters. And if you, it does when you're trying yeah. to get into an album, but like we know these albums inside out. Yeah, I know what what song comes after what. I know the flow of the album. Yeah. So when I do hear Maiden on shuffle, it's it. I don't know. It jar, it's jarring though. Because every time a song of. ends, I expect another song. Yeah, that's true. And that's part of the anticipation. When a song I don't like, but the next song is good. Like this song, I'm like, okay, come on, Klansman. But and I have so like, many Maiden playlists made yeah. for so many different like moods and different yeah. themes and stuff. Have you ever been, though, at like, someone's house and they do that? And you're like, and they're playing a song. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then another song. And you're just like looking around like, what's going on yeah. here? Like, this is effed up. Like, this is not the next song. That's because I'm just an album listener. I do not listen to playlists. Like Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin, if that comes on and yeah. you don't play Living Loving Maid immediately got to. afterwards, got to. It's like all the Zeppelin just... songs in isolation don't make any sense to me. No, I wouldn't go that far. As a matter of fact, no, I, they do. Like they, they, I find them jarring. Anyway, we won't digress because we got to get through this. <laughs> Let's go. What's the next one? Klansman. Ah. Josh is determined not to. We don't want to get this yeah. into a I'm, six I, or seven. I'm episode. normally, I'm normally the. <laughs> well, we got so much feedback too that if we do this in four, or maybe we have to drift in. But if we do it in four, yeah, which we can I think still we recap and have the fun debate. Yeah, yeah. After. We'll talk a little after. You know. Um, Klansman. No one really wants to hear about this one. Three out of five. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, track number five. <laughs> no. The Klansman. Yes. Probably everyone's favorite song on this album. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. Possibly the best podcast in the world. Same, same, same. The Klansman, nine minutes, 100% Steve Harris rating yeah. credit. I think it is everyone's favorite. I mean, it's still... After know. the Rock in Rio yeah. DVD and album, Yeah, I think that's what drove the song home to people how great it was. Well, the fact that it's on the Legacy of the Beast tour. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah that just you know, Nothing else on here is going to make that tour. But I think that that version from Rock in Rio with Bruce singing yeah. is the version that kind of made it into a fan favorite that yeah. made it so that they would put it on Legacy of the Beast like yeah. if that had never happened yeah. I don't think they would have just cherry picked this from this album to Legacy of the Beast if there had been no that's true nothing in between yeah. yeah it would have been inviting a lot I want to give you my take on that perspective at the end yeah okay let's break down the song well even on From yeah. Fear to Eternity the best of album yeah they use the uh, Rock and Rio version with Bruce yeah but we're talking about the Blaze version I like the Blaze version better yeah I would say that the Blaze version and the Bruce version are both 10 out of 10s. 10 out of 10s? <laughs> yeah. That's how much I love this song. Yeah. I think I would... Well, I don't know if I can give them both 10 if I like one more than the other. Yeah. This is, this but is, I do think I like the Blaze one a bit better. Yeah. This is objectively a hard one for me to quantify. And because I, I love it yeah. because it's such a fun sign to get drunk and sing to and just listen to. And oh, yeah. It's just, it's just great for that stuff. Yeah. Musically and with some of the... There are some clownish... You know, like that. That I could, I could say it's not a musical masterpiece. Um, if I was picking X number of Maiden songs for yeah. someone that I had a that that were trying to analyze it from a musical perspective, it yeah. might not be in there. Yeah, when but I it's say just it's a fun song, when I say it's a ten, yeah, I mean I like it a ten or yeah, it's yeah. a ten or ten on the likeness. You get two I like of it. us. Two it's of not us. a perfect song. Like I could pick yeah. the song apart and be like, well, maybe you know what I mean. Yeah. But like, I just love it. Six pints in in the shed. <laughs> yeah. This comes on. We're doing air guitar. We're, we're oh, yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. Or it's happening. Yeah, we're raising some sort of. Uh, by the way, shift sword and overheads. <laughs> by the way, I found Hockey a video stick. of us in your shed four years ago with a strobe light on doing air guitar to Maiden before the really? podcast came out. I'm putting it on Facebook. I'm not. 
but it's it's wicked. It's it's us for that matter of life and death. And we're given the horns. We set up a camera. We had the lit. We were just. It sounds like something we would do, but I have no memory night. of this. I want yeah. to see this really bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, for that purpose, yes. Yeah. So this song, mm. you were talking about this a little the last episode at the yeah. end. Um, it's about the first war of Scottish independence. Yep. Steve Harris says this song is about what it's like to belong to a community that you try to build up and then you have to fight to stop having it taken away from you, which is, you know, yeah. Scottish independence. It's kind of this Braveheart William Wallace mm. thing. I don't think they actually came out and said that when this album came out. Yeah. But I mean, Braveheart came out in 95 and like yeah. the whole William Wallace thing was huge. So, I mean, that's obviously probably will put this in their mind. That's right. Um, and the whole, like, freedom, the, the fact that they're yelling freedom, just yeah. like uh, this clip from uh, Braveheart. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! So that whole yelling freedom thing is like, and that's definitely where they get the freedom for this uh, song. So, yeah. I mean, they, maybe, and they have since come out and said it. You know, Bruce mm. always goes on that little, uh, before they play this live on the Legacy of the Beast. Mm. You remember he used to say those little things about like how they got an Australian to play William Wallace and they make this little clip. I got a yeah. clip of it here, I'll play I it. I remember he went into the Klansman, not the one you're thinking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although he did that like years before. That's true. to cast an Australian as a Scotsman. Probably the same person that thought it was a good idea to cast a Scotsman as a Spaniard in Highlander. That's to say, Hollywood. Let's throw Hollywood out the window. Not a bad movie. The story is true. And it is about freedom. And it is called, please, if you're going to spell it, spell it right, with a C, the Clansman. Yeah. It's, so he does, you know, they yeah. have acknowledged that it's pretty much about William Wallace and Braveheart, you know. Of course it is. If, yeah. if anything, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that at the end. Yeah. But if anything, the, the the one downside of that is it's, it's another example where like a pop culture movie comes out and then they do a super literal media interpretation, yeah. you know, yeah. like falling down or like they do with Tears yeah, of the Clown. Yeah, that's true. Man on the Sometimes edge. it's a little bit too literal, too quick. That said, it works. Yeah. yeah. Here's a trivia. The Come movie on. Braveheart. Also starring Patrick McGowan. Yeah. Who is the McGowan. main. He, is it Patrick McGowan? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, the main character, number six on the Prisoner TV show that they also made a song about. Oh, really? Yeah. Fantastic movie, though. I yeah. Oh, it's a great movie. It's such a great movie. So you were saying mm. in the last episode about how Scottish people initially rejected. Yeah. Braveheart. Well, not that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, well, I did say that. Is that yeah. it, it, that I had talked to some Scottish people now? So I had this movie on loop. 
Yep. Uh, on, on loop. I had this movie on, on VHS. We had two movies. Remember I've said this before? We had Blade and this VHS <laughs> when I was in university with, with our buddies. And we would just get high and watch Braveheart all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I watched it so many times. Like, so many times. We'd come home and, like, literally, <laughs> literally, I came over the bar one time and my friends were still baked on the couch. And and they were watching Braveheart. I was like, you're the still watching Braveheart? They're like, it's the third time. We watched it two and a half times. They're baked. They had nothing else. They were like, we don't want to watch Blade anymore because they were so sick. That's literally true. Like, you know, it's so crazy. But um, I have there, a similar relationship with the movie Biodome starring Polly Shore. You were a huge Polly Shore fan. Well, I was a huge uh, – it wasn't that I was a huge Polly Shore fan. It was that I had this thing – yeah. Where like when we we're partying in the background, we would always have Biodome on, on repeat. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was, sometimes you'd just watch it for like thirty seconds and then not pay attention to it for another like twenty minutes. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, there was multiple people I met, mo- like of Scottish descent or Scottish. Yeah. Um, you know, I played rugby at university, and a lot of my friends were Scottish there, and and uh, they would they always had this mixed feeling about it. Now you always had to be careful in the new world, like in Canada. When a Scottish person is a super perspective, because they always have warped views, okay. uh, nationalist views, right? Because they come to Canada all of a sudden, they're more they're trying to be more Scottish than everyone, so they're getting right. offended all the time. It's just a natural thing. Okay. Irish people do it. Like the whole every every problem ever occurred. It's like Ireland when you is, lived in the is, UK, if someone says yeah. something bad about maple syrup, you're like, I was take like, it back. wait now, take it back, buddy, <laughs> take it back. I'll go ahead and tap your tree. Um, but. Um, there was a common theme, which was that the American made this and that, that uh, or, you know, Ozzy, and that, you know, they didn't feel like potentially he had the right to do it. And then other people, I remember at university, were like, that's not historically accurate. And it is a little loose with history because it's not a period, you know, some of the nuances of the relationships that were in the movie were not well documented. And they were attacking from that perspective. Right. So we got an email after you mentioned that from yeah. Gordon McLeod yeah, that's right. from Scotland. Uh, I'll let yeah. you read it. It's yeah, I got it here actually. I got to print it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey guys, just listen to Angel and the Gambler episode. Great stuff as usual. Uh, loving the tangents. Ah, he's going to love this loving one. Loving the man. tangents. As a Scott, I wanted to say that I had to agree with Nesbitt that when Braveheart came out, uh, I really liked it and still do to this day. Has it got issues? Of course. But that said, any epic, uh, and certainly the majority of those that, that have cross nationals will uh, with less than convincing accents. That said, Josh is correct. That's emboldened on blood. <laughs> In my mind. About the backlash at the time, there was a lot of hate for this film, though a lot comes from the PC Brigade who wouldn't sit down to watch a historical documentary anyhow. Preach on, brother. Love this guy. Just cynics uh, doing what they do best, upsetting everyone else. Oh, my God. And this is back then. They're worse now. So it's funny that Josh's idea of people growing to love Braveheart was actually my experience with the Klansmen. That's so true. And as a matter of fact, now if you see any sporting event like the Six Nations, you just had to pan 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 the crowd for like... Uh, you know, the five degree angle on the camera, and you'll see a Braveheart somewhere, right? They're everywhere, oh, and yeah. they're dressed up. And so they've owned it, and they've taken it over, and now it's become a whole thing. So it's a great email from Gordon there. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because you were kind of getting into that last episode, and yeah. it felt like we should save it for this episode. Yeah, and it's it's you know, and Scottish nationalism is back in the news now with the Brexit and all that stuff. So it's an interesting time for it. Like it's funny because. You know, I'm an Irish Newfoundlander, and, I, like, I always kind of have a bit of a rivalry with the Scots, who are my buddies and the guys over there. And I've I've driven to the north of Scotland. I've been yep. up to John O'Groats and Tongue, and I did uh, a ton of traveling around Scotland. I went to a, a stag party in Edinburgh with 19 Irish lads, and we barely we barely survived. We were there for three <laughs> days. And I've done it all, except I want to go to the islands. I want to go to Laphroaig Dist- Distillery, no stuff like that. But I, I love Scotland. Um, the food is amazing. The people are great. 
and uh, yeah, so I can I can see why this resonates with people. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we we'll get in the song. Let's do it. The intro. Yeah. Steve Harris on an acoustic bass. Yeah. I have a quote from him where he says, "I wanted you to imagine you're in the Scottish Highlands, the loneliness, the mood." Mm. So I love the intro for the song. It really sets up the song. It's a great intro. Yeah. It really sets up the song. And like like he says in that quote, mm. it does kind of sound like it's a moody, yeah, it does. lonely. I don't know. I love the way this leads in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just great. Acoustic bass. Yep. Yeah. So when it kicks in, there's a little like bass, not a bass yeah. solo, but a little bass riff. Yeah, it's great ramp up. I've got an email here from uh, Bill Jr., he says, since you're reviewing Virtual Eleven, can you break down the bass playing in the Klansman? And he wants me to talk about this bass part at the beginning and how it sounds a little bit sloppy sounding. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I, th- I always thought that was intentional, though. Yeah, is it? Is it? Am I not hearing the timing correctly, or is it mm. sloppy? No, I, I just assumed it was intentional. Yeah, but it yeah. sounds almost like some of the notes aren't being sounded correctly, or something. Yeah, I don't know. When we had Made in Canada, yeah, that was one of the things they talked about. They mentioned they it. said that yeah. as a bass player, he could hardly listen to the beginning of that song. Really, I always kind of thought, you know, sometimes when you're you're, you're now just something playing... I never noticed until he pointed it out. Yeah, but it's been pointed out to us enough. Now, yeah. I just thought it was... I just thought I'd mention it because yeah. a couple of people actually mentioned it. Yeah. And then a couple of people asked me to specifically to bring it up. Well, we just did. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't... Re- like, what What should it sound like? Well, when they play uh, it live, it yeah. sounds a lot better. Ooh. Like, okay, I have a clip of them playing it live here. So listen to how much cleaner this sounds. It does sound a lot cleaner live, like the bass. Yeah. When he's hitting those doodle doodle. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe something to do with an acoustic bass or something. Or it could just be. But more he's playing of an acoustic live too. So. More of the rust rushed production. It could be. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I it's just thought unfortunate. It I always thought that was like a thing that they did intentionally. Yeah. And it's weird because someone pointed that out to me, and now I hear it. Yeah. But the it's Sorry so for it, ruining the song. For no, me. it's not ruining <laughs> it for me because it's such it, it's such an exposed. 
I, I can understand where that came from. These are people who've either really you know paid attention to that or they're bass players. Yeah, and just well, recreating it, was bass it player, yeah, originally, right? Yeah, originally and and I think he referenced that original. That was the Made in Canada episode where yeah. they mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. An interesting catch. Um, I still like it. The lyrics. Mm. So I already told you that he wanted to create like a yeah a lonely kind of mood. Um, but he also he says I wanted to imagine you're in the Scottish Highlands. The loneliness, the mood, and then try to create anger and aggression in the rest of the song. Yeah. And you can really hear that in the first verse. Yeah. You know, the wake alone on the hills with the wind in your face. It feels good yeah. to be proud and be free in a race that is part of a clan. That's right. That whole part, it's very kind of calm. So singing that very kind of calm, yeah. you know what I mean? And then when he goes into the second verse, that's when you start hearing this like aggression come out. You know, he's like, it's a time wrought with fear. It's a land wrought with change. If ancestors could hear what is happening now, they would turn in their graves. Yeah. Uh, you can kind of start to hear that aggression that Steve Harris was talking about come out in the lyrics. It's a time wrought with fear. It's a land wrought with change. So that's some like really intense singing from when it kicks in that intensity from yeah. Blaze. I think this is where Blaze really shines. Yeah. He's belting out this kind of stuff. It's in his range. Um, he's singing with like a lot of intensity. Mm. This is some of Blaze's best singing, in my opinion. Yeah, this song, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I love his I love his uh, passion here. I love yeah. the pace of the song. It's perfect for him. The chorus fits him perfect. Oh, I mean, the this chorus. Is, this is an ideal Blaze song. I love the chorus, too. It's mm. just yelling freedom. Yeah. The harmonies in there are just great. Freedom! It's just one of those songs, like, you don't want to be in a bar, and then, like, that that song ends, and there's a bunch of Scottish dudes that are liquored up, and you're like, hey, that English guy's hitting on your girlfriend. <laughs> That's not going to end oh, yeah. well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can just imagine how jacked up well, just, they are after that. Well, I feel like I get so yeah. pumped up here. I get song. pumped up. Like, live, when you hear this oh, live, it's just, like, everyone's going yeah. crazy. You ever see some... Legacy of the Beast in Toronto. Yeah. The couple behind me. Yeah. Uh, they had a Scottish flag and they came from Scotland yep. to Toronto. Remember yeah. they're behind us? Yeah. And they were like, he yeah. had the Scottish flag in my pocket. Yeah, they came to see Klansmen and everything else was a bonus. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had the kilt on. Like, he was leaning in, grabbing us yeah. when it was going yeah. on. He That's wanted awesome. everyone to know that the song was playing and we were like in yeah. the middle of it. Yeah, no, no, we can hear it too. He's like, this is this is my song. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, this is a great song. Oh, it's a deadly song. Solos in the song. Yeah, excellent. So Yannick has a solo. Mm-hmm. At four and a half minutes in, I think this could be one of Yannick's best yeah. solos in his career. I think maybe. Mm. 
So for a Yannick solo, yeah. it's completely controlled, yeah. super melodic and planned out. It's yeah. really, really great solo. It it's, doesn't have any of the crazy like whammy bar dives and stuff that he does. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I love I, the solo. I'd agree with you. It's one of his better solos. Yeah. And He's got a lot of great solos. The Dave Murray solo that comes right yeah. after it. Tease right into it. It's pretty cool, too. So it's a very abrupt ending. And then it comes into that breakdown, which is cool. Yeah, that's so Murray, too. That solo is like, it's it's, that's like if he had a business card, that would be it. Yeah. Right? And you can't talk about the song without talking about the Rockin' Rio solo. The solos to me live are even better. Yeah. It's just great. It's amazing. Live. And it goes right into that bass part again that yeah. we were talking about before. Yeah. And Blaze has that no, we can't let them take anymore. Yeah. We can't let them take anymore. We're the land of the free. Yeah. It's awesome. And then that turns into this like the whoa, oh, oh part, mm. which is, you know, it has a bunch of orchestration under it. Yeah. To kind of give it some power. A ton of keyboards under there. Mm. You can tell, I think they put these parts in thinking about performing these live. Yeah. But, like, this part is just great, too. It's a great sing-along, especially you're saying a couple of beers in, the song comes on. <laughs> oh, man. You scream along to this part. No, no, we can't let them take anymore. No, we can't let them take anymore. No, we can't let them take anymore. We're the land of the free. That's amazing. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. When you're in an audience full of Maiden fans at a Maiden mm. concert, and that yeah. part comes on, and everyone's just like, whoa. Yeah, that's that's what they wanted Angel and Gambler to be. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, they succeed here. Yeah, they succeed, yeah. Um, here's a clip of Blaze from 1998 with Maiden uh, on this tour doing the song. And you can hear the audience just going crazy for this. No, no one can let them change. Take 
yeah, live. This goes mm. over huge with the audience. It's amazing. Yep. I got one hot take on this. What's that? And I'm going to contradict okay. what I've said in the past. Okay. This should be the national anthem for Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, maybe. But uh, And I'm surprised. It's, it's probably, you know, it's a really a Maiden song. It's not really broken outside of Maiden, which is sad. The hot take is this. This is now a Bruce song for me because of the Legacy of the Beast tour. I, you, I always said this was a this was a Blaze song. Yep. It's one of my bla- favorite Blaze songs. When I hear it now, after you know seeing the tour so many times, I just really love the way Bruce is doing it now. Yeah, and, Bruce does an yeah. awesome version too. So this is excellent when he's singing it, but I'm just like, ah. See, I like the Blaze yeah. version. Yeah. I just like something about the setting and Scotland and stuff. Like I picture yeah. Blaze with like a battle axe on a yeah. field, you know, charging. Yeah. I picture Bruce with like a, a fencing sword and a frilly shirt. You yeah. know what I mean? So when I hear this like this kind of song, I picture Blaze because Blaze. I don't know. It just that's. I know it's all in my head, but to me, now I already said that I call both yeah. versions a ten out of ten, and Bruce like knocks it out of the park when he plays it. Like he, Bruce sings this with like a crazy intensity too. Yeah. It's a right to believe and the need to be free. It's a time when you die and when. Why can't you see what they do? They are grinding us down. They are taking our land. Belongs to the clan. Not alone with a dream. Just to want to be free. With a need to belong. I am a clan. Blaze spell is broken. That is so much better in every possible way. <laughs> now that I hear way. it, after man, we just it. rocked out to that five different concerts. That was so amazing. Yeah. Look, I love Blaze, nice guy, all that stuff. Bruce F. Dickinson, man, this is amazing. Yeah, when I hear that clip, that is unreal like, uh... in every way. Even the intro he does to the crowd before when he's talking about it, gets the flags out. Oh my God, it's awesome. I don't Hmm. See, now I can't decide which one I like. Oh, well. I was all for the Blaze version. Yeah. Just because I've heard it so many more times, probably. Well, when I looked over. When I just heard that clip, I was just like, oh, man. When I looked over at you, last time we saw it, you were like losing your mind. I don't remember you going, oh, too bad Blaze is near. (laughs) No offense to Blaze. Love Blaze. Friend of the show. But I'm telling you right now, that is amazing. Bruce takes this song to another level. I, I used to say this is, look, there's a lot of X Factor stuff I can't see. See Bruce doing. Yeah. I always said that from this album, you know, Future Real and, and Klansman are the two songs yeah. I like yeah. uh, that I, that I could that I, that are Blaze songs. Yeah. To me, Bruce has stolen this with the Legacy of the Beast. Yeah, one. you might be right now. Yeah. I think about this. Oh, it's just so much better. I mean, not that this, not that his version, his version is. I told you I think ten. about ten out of ten. His version is a ten. And Bruce Dickinson is an actual 10. <laughs> okay. Or a 10.5, right? You know? You know? Kate Upton and Kate Upton's super hot friend, who you'd call a 10 independently, but when Kate Upton's there, it's, you know, that you're like, who is this ugly? The Kate Upton scale yeah, is coming out. K- Kate Upton scale. i got to bring it out every now and then. you got to yeah, bring it out. Yeah, no, when I heard that clip, I was like, maybe the British yeah. version is better. I don't oh, know. my God. In every effing way, man. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They're it, both great. I'd love to hear them do a duet. A duet? Oh, if I had my shit together, yeah. I would have gotten both versions. You would have. Made a duet. Lazy played for you right now, but lazy I didn't think to do that. It's been letting the podcast down for years. <laughs> uh, or we could just agree that Bruce is amazing and that Blaze also does a great version of the song and just leave it at that. No, I think they're both amazing. And versions. let our listeners uh, feedback on it. Okay, let's hear. I want everyone to email us and tell yeah. us. 
Bruce version or Blaze version? I already know everyone's yeah. going to say Bruce. Yeah. Well, no. This is one of those things where every every Blaze person's going to be That's like, going to email in, and everyone else is going to be like, "Why even bother?" I mean, this is going to be Maybe. like, you know, it's like, why show up? I should to, do a poll or yeah. something. Yeah. It's like, Which why version? show up to vote? You the know. The thing is, we don't Codos have a studio. We don't have a studio version of Bruce doing it. No. You know what I mean? No. But the song live is so, it's almost more powerful live. Yeah. And the Bruce version's great. Somebody would argue that anyway, the live rough it's a vocals debate are, that will go on forever. Yeah. Uh, for people <laughs> who can't accept a loss, <laughs> it is it is one of those things that people will debate forever. For people one that, thing I have a bullet have point here. Hearing damage. Go on. <laughs> I gotta. We skip this when we're going through the song. Cool. Um, there's a really cool little background guitar part mm. that it it's kind of like a descending hammer-on thing. Reminds me of Wasted Years, sort of. It's right at the end of the song, and I just love that this is like a little detail that every time I hear it, I just think it's so great. And it's just a background guitar part that, I don't know, maybe you don't usually notice, but I love this part. I just love that. It's like a little hammer-on thing going like, you know what I mean? He's like strumming really fast, like wasted ears and just hammering on the notes. Yeah, that's awesome. a little detail I want to pick out. That's cool. Okay. I got two other things I want to mention about this song. Oh, God. One of them is really quick, but I just want to mention pop singer Brandy. Okay. So she's like a, I guess she's an R&B singer or a pop singer. She sampled this song. Uh, she has a song called I Tried. I don't know anything about her. Or I remember she had a song out in the 90s. Oh, I remember Brandy. Yeah? Yeah. Um, do you remember this song? So sampled uh, the Klansman. I think uh, Blaze is better than that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to mention about this song. An email came in today, earlier today, right? which is lucky that it came in when it did, mm-hmm. because we were about to do the Klansman today, Yeah. Um, from Bill Jr. And he said... Do me a favor, though. This is part of a longer email. Yeah. Do me a favor, though. Listen to the live freedom part of the song. It seems impossible for Bruce to yell and then sing freedom immediately after. Is this something they changed in the studio? Mm. So remember in Fear of the Dark? Yeah. We talked about the song Fear of the Dark from Rock and Rio. There's a part where Bruce says, like, Fear of the Dark, and he goes, like, you. And the yeah. audience sings Fear of the Dark. Yeah. But then when they put the album out, they cut and pasted Bruce's vocals. Mm. So it's not the audience singing, it's Bruce. Yeah. And there's a big thing about it, and Steve Harris came out with a press release saying, like, we just took Bruce's vocals from the line before and cut it and pasted it. Yeah. So that Bruce is singing, not letting the audience sing. Mm. Um, and I thought that was, that was, like, the main thing I noticed between the live TV broadcast version of Rock and Rio and the mm. version that came on the album. So Bill sent me this email today. Mm-hmm. And I went and I listened to the Klansman and I listened to that and I listened to both of them back to back. Yeah, and they did it again on this song, mm-hmm. and I had no idea. Um, I only found this out today, and I made a clip of it. So the first one is the version 
from the live broadcast. Yep. The second version is the version from the Rock and Rio album. Okay. And you can see how in the first one, Bruce gets the audience to sing a bunch of it. Yeah. And on the album version, they kind of cut and paste Bruce's vocals again. Okay. To cover up, to fill in that, like, silent part where the audience is singing. Oh, okay. Um, but it is noticeable. But I had never noticed this until we got this email today. With the land of the free. No. With the land of the free. One more time. So that's a cool, that's a that's cool, a cool little, little detail I never that's a, noticed. That's a before. neat little detail. So uh, good work. They did it on Fear the Dark. Bill like, Junior making making Bill Senior proud <laughs> <Yeah>. with his <laughs> minutia. I love it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, good ears. I never noticed yeah. that before. That's the kind of. Uh, tidbit that that makes this podcast go around yeah, Nesbitt's eyes are like I was reading that email I got that email and I was like oh my god I gotta get a clip yeah. of this. and then I was like I gotta rip the video the audio from the yeah. the live broadcast stream and then clip yeah. it and anyway yeah that's that's I how got you it done it. under the gun yeah in time to have it done for when we're recording here tonight that's how you read that email I read the yep. email I was like I need to get new friends <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's uh Klansman I'll say that's uh yeah, you know, we played the the brandy version. <laughs> we played it all. Yeah, that <laughs> the was the bruise version. Yeah, the uh, well, the blaze, blaze original. Blaze version. original. Um, yeah. Amazing song, excellent song. Uh, I would give that like a best song on the album. 10, no think. question. I think a little bit campy I think at by points. Far, yeah, not best even song close. On the album. Um, now, I think you might be shocked to find out my third favorite song on this album. Oh God! When two worlds collide. Okay, B- Murray. Mm. Bailey Harris. Try and tell me on it. So it's Dave it. Murray, Blaze Bailey, and Steve Harris writing credit. Um, Steve Harris, I got a quote. He said, lyrically, I think Blaze was trying to write about the different sorts of worlds he's lived in and maybe about how his world has had to change and adapt to the world of being Iron Maiden singer. Okay, so this song, I think, has some of the best instrumental sections on the album. Yeah. Um, the first clip I ever played on our podcast was a section of the song. Um, we were talking about, like, the Blaze era and how I, I, it's in, like, episode one or two or three or something. Wow. And we had never played clips before. And I played this clip as an example of how awesome 
some of the blade, the instrumentation on the blade era stuff was. This was back before I had you uh, turned into a Blaze fan. Are you telling me this is where you lost your clip virginity? It is. So this is the first clip ever played on our podcast, <laughs> like two and a half years ago. You've been you've been getting a lot of clips since. <laughs> it's been pretty well Clip City. first uh, clips I well it was the first clip I played on the podcast yeah first of so many clips it was you've gotten around a lot of clips but you can still remember (laughs) most of the clips um (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about clips yeah um Josh you picked the song yes yes and you said that this song had one of the worst maiden lyrics it was your pick no way did I yeah was it declination calculation? It was, yes. That's my oh, takeaway. Damn it! <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Well, look, you can you can love me for consistency. That's what. <laughs> that, in two yes. years, you haven't changed your. Tune I haven't changed song. my tune. That stuck out to me. And yeah. do you know what this is for me now? As soon as I said it, just now listening to you play those clips, yeah. I was like, man, is is this my quest for fire moment? Where I'm like, you know, dinosaurs roam the earth. I don't like this song because of that. Even oh, though, like, I love Quest for Fire, even yeah. though everyone hates the, uh, you know, Dinosaur Troll in the Earth part. So maybe I should reevaluate this now. So by pulling that out, maybe you've teed me up to okay. be turned. So I'll get in the yeah. song. Uh, Dave Murray writing credit. Yes. Another mellow intro, courtesy of Dave Murray. That's the intro. Yeah. You cut it off at the best part. I'm going to get into that. Yeah. Um, Love that intro. Mm. I love the, you know, it's a typical Dave Murray beginning. And I like Blaze's singing over it. Yeah. And then it gets into those lyrics that you don't like. Yes. The hundredth time I checked the declination. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so cheesy. See, I find the verses in the song pretty good. Yeah. They don't, like, it doesn't blow me away or anything. Yeah. uh, I like the choruses a lot. There's like two courses that are, they have almost identical lyrics, but they're sung differently. There's like mm. a fast course and a slow course, yeah. but the lyrics are almost identical. So at first he sings it like fast, like this. When two worlds collide, the anger and the pain of all those who remain. Two worlds collide, who will be left alive? No place to hide when two worlds collide. Ooh, that's 
actually Derek lyrics when you think about what happened after this album and he's singing about his journey with Maiden. Right. In he's talking way? about, he, well, well, he's saying like, who will be left alive when two worlds collide? Last album. You know? Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, when you Maybe. interpret it in hindsight. He should have been like, oh, man, if I had my time back to write that one, I would have wrote in reverse, but if they sack me, they're all, <laughs> all pricks. <laughs> but that's the first chorus yeah. where he's singing it kind of fast. He sings almost the like same lyrics mm. slower for like a second type of chorus. Then it gets into some solos. Um, they're almost more like instrumental yeah. passages, like guitar melodies. Mm. There is like a true guitar solo, but you go through these like instrumental parts yeah. played on guitar. I think they could have really used some like guitar harmony in here if yeah. they had to harmonize the guitars a bit more. Mm. Um, there is a true guitar solo at like three minutes. Dave Murray and Yannick. Both solos kind of work together. Uh, Yannick's is a little bit more like off the wall. Um, I think this is a great guitar solo. Great solos. I love, like, I really like the song. Mm. I love the solos. I love, I love the little, there's a lot of little guitar parts that, like, ring out where they're, like, ding, ding, ring. They yeah. play these, like, little chords. Mm. This is one of my, like, go-to songs when I, like, pick up my guitar and play. Really? Because I can't play very many Maiden songs because yeah. I'm not a very good guitar player. Yeah. But I can play along to this one. Like, yeah. no solos or anything. But I can pick up, play the intro, and I can play along the... Yeah. And that's a, that's a good thing for you, is it? Well, I just love the song. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's great. I, <laughs> I can play ABCD on piano, but I don't listen to it in Mozart. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I wouldn't play the song if I didn't love it. No, that's fair enough. But I love the song. Yeah. It's no Klansman, but I think this is, like, a really, really great song. Mmm... I don't know. I think I it's better than, it. better than Future Real. Oh, no way. I think Future Real's got the pace. I like the song better than Future Real. Okay. You've stuck your I do. It's my third ground. favorite song on this album, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Just There's so many times, too, the, the vocals kind of drag on. It just, it's, not, it's not too exciting for me. And, you know, the solos are good. I think it's very I mean, unique know. sounding. I don't yeah. Know. And I love the part that, like, there's, like, a an audience sing-along part. Yeah. Which I know they shoehorn a lot of those into some of the Maiden songs. Mm. But I really like this one. Like, this is live from Osaka, 1998.
It's got a lot of energy live. Yeah. Like the tempo is a lot faster. They speed a lot of these songs up live when they play them. Yeah. So, but I really like the song. Yeah, there's some at the end, some where where he sings "Collide" at the end in the, in the chorus. It just feels like a dragged on. It feels tried and forced to me. There's just parts of the song that just don't resonate with me. Now I'm not I'm not beating it up. It's it's a good song. It's just not a great song. It's yeah. just it's it's okay. See, I think it's a Which great is, song. I I find from here on the rest of the album is okay. You can listen to it. Oh, because the song after throw. this I like even more. Oh my god, are we <laughs> listening to the same album? I love when two worlds collide. I love educated fool. Really. No. I love the Klansman. So Klansman yeah. educated. Clip that like, one. To me, Klansman, Two Worlds Collide, Educated Fool. Yeah. One, two, three songs in a row, I think are great songs. Yeah, I think um this song and Educated Fool following it both suffer from the same thing. There's a few lyrical pieces that just set me off. Oh yeah. And I, you know, maybe I'm a hypocrite hypocrite because I love Quest for Fire so much and I do find that cheesy. And then of yeah. course Wild Wind Blows, I ripped to pieces, you know. Right, because of lyrics. Yeah, yeah. and Dance of Death. Which to be that. honest, I've come around a lot on uh, Exactly. Some of these songs that we said we didn't like, like yeah. Where the Wild Winds Blows. Yeah. I listened to last week I listened to every single maiden album in chronological yeah. order all the way through. Yeah. And I listened to Dance of Death and I was like, Man, Dance of Death is so good. Yeah. And like I remember for some reason I said that I didn't like I didn't say I didn't like it, but I said that No More Lies was not yeah. I said I liked it but I didn't love it. Yeah. But I actually love that song. Yeah. I can't believe I said that about No More Lies. And then I was listening to Where the Wild Wind Blows and I was like, This is actually a pretty good song. Not bad. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like the crusty old man in the corner now. It's just like we've got enough emails on. I'm like, come on, Grandpa, you love chocolate cake. I don't want any. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but you had oh, it last Josh night and you loved it. Ways. I'm like, I'm not eating it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I bought my dad such a crank, right? I love my dad. You know how cranky he is. Yeah. I bought him a, like a, a nice reclining lazy boy with like a, an inbuilt massager. It was an expensive chair. And I was like, because he, he, had, he had busted up his back and he was recovering. Yeah. I bought him this beautiful chair. And then uh, I bought him this gorgeous, this expensive chair. It was his Christmas gift. And uh, I put it there. He goes <laughs> he goes out and sits in this old chair. I was like, hey, Dad, why don't you sit in this chair? I'll sit in it when I'm ready. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I just bought you this chair. I brought it in, like had it shipped in, right? And he's like, I'm not ready to sit in it now. And I was like, well, fine, I'll take it back. And he's like, no, I don't want you to take it. I, don't, I just don't want to sit in it yet. And like, he wouldn't, I was like, because I, I called him on it this year when I was home. I was like, what kind of an old crank won't sit in a, a chair that his son just bought for him? And he was like, I wasn't in the mood to sit in it. Oh, man. But Two Worlds Collide is one of my favorite songs on this album. Yeah. I love the song. I would it's, give the song like a, a nine, probably. I find I like the, back, the back half of this album, there's some good bits in it. But I'll be honest with you, usually here, I've been listening to the second half of the album a lot on its own. But usually at this stage, I'm so exhausted. I do not like this album. I'm just like, it's it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, great. I'm an educated fool. You know, yeah. It's it's literally a chore for me to get through this album. So I the, don't like it. If I make a Maiden playlist and yeah. I'm just grabbing songs. Yes. Like a mix. Yes. The first song I would grab off this CD yeah. is The Educated Fool and then probably When Two Worlds Collide. Yeah. And then probably The Klansman and only because I've heard The Klansman so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Fair songs enough. that are kind of the hits. I wouldn't I put Klansman to... on it because it's yeah. just played to death for me. Right. But I just love Educated Fool yeah. and Two Worlds Collide. And those two songs I find I've listened to them a lot but you never hear them anywhere yeah. and I'm not sick of them at all. And I, I don't know. I think they're great. Fair enough. But we'll get into The Educated Fool in the next episode. That's, we will. Uh, that's enough for this one. Perfect. Um, one last thing I want to do is Blaze kept going with uh, When Two Worlds Collide Yeah. after he left Maiden. Um, listen to how heavy the song is when Blaze does it as a solo artist. Can it be 
So I think there we heard the lyric that I was right, talking that's about. That's the lyric the that you were talking about. Yeah, because I was realizing we never clipped it. It's in our own heads. Yeah, yeah that, that's like, man. This is a weird perspective. We've been on this now for a few weeks. Yeah, I got the disc a, a while ago. I've been listening to it a lot. Um, this is up there with that uh, Bruce Soul album, which we did two of them. The the second one that I hated. It was it's, Tattooed Millionaire. Is yeah, the one you didn't like. Oh, is that the one I didn't yeah. like? And oh my god. Like this is, you know, there's multiple times where I'll be honest, I got my CD changer truck loaded up. I still got peace of mind in there. You know, I got yeah. Night Demon stuff in there. I got a local metal band in there. And then I'm like, I hit this one and multiple times I've been like skipped it over to, uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, to, to some Night Demon. And then I'll flick it back to peace of mind. I'm like, okay, I got to listen to Virtual Love. I'm going to listen to it. I put it on. And then I'm like, See, oh. I don't find this album to be a chore at all. I find there's a song that we haven't covered yet that yeah. is a chore for me to listen to. Yeah. I find that one really hard to get through. Um, we'll get to that next episode. We'll get to it next episode. This is, without a doubt, the worst Maiden album for me. <sighs> Not maybe, for me, man. Maybe No Prayer, but this is... You like Fear the Dark more than this? I, I, I think you probably I do. do yeah. I do. Definitely do. Well, when we finish all the songs, yeah, we'll talk about all this. You know what? I, I think like I think we're we wasting gotta, all our good yeah, uh, some sum up material. Material. But you got to ease people in, and and I think we got a yin and yang thing going. You hated Fear so much, I got a bit defensive. I didn't uh, hate Fear that much no. because half of Fear I think is great. You said it was the worst made now. It is. Yeah, in your mind, you but think it's the worst made half, album, but half of half, Fear is so great. Half of Fear is great. Yeah. And you think that there's enough? I think more than half of this is great. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, Facebook, email, you know where to get us. Twitter. If you don't know now and you're three or four episodes in Virtual 11, then too bad. (laughs) I want to hear people's opinion on the the versions of the Klansmen. Yeah. What they think. They're going to give us our opinion whether we ask for it or not. Okay, that's true. Yeah. We'll try to get through the stack of emails that we got about Virtual 11. I've never seen such a response. From yeah. anything ever from our podcast. Fantastic. It was crazy. Excellent beer. Barrel aged innocent gun kindred Fantastic. Spirits. You know. Yeah, it was a really good beer. I like the Irish part the best. Until next time, up the irons and down the hops. <laughs> <laughs>